What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Fleet Maintenance and Management Podcast, where we interview fleet managers and business owners across various industries. Our goal is to help make your fleet operations more efficient by hearing tips, best practices, and other insights from experienced individuals. I'm your host, Zarain Abdiali, and let's get ready to rock and roll. Hello, everybody. My guest today is Sean Leiden, who is the editor for Utility Fleet uh, Professional Magazine. Sean, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Um, you know, today we're going to really be focusing on the top trends in the fleet management space. Uh, Sean has a wealth of experience around this and has done uh, a lot of research, uh, a lot of articles uh, that he's written and and. Uh, discussing around this topic. So we're really excited to have him on board. Uh, Sean, before we get into it, can you give us a little bit of background about you, uh, what you did and your experience? Sure. I've been a journalist covering the fleet industry for a little over a decade. And uh, the last four years, I've served as editor at Utility Fleet Professional Magazine and uh, also put together the fleet safety track for the Utility Safety Conference which will be held in Orlando in November. Um, but, you know, when, when you think most of my work, uh, whether it's speaking, writing, or moderating panels at conferences, is talking about the future of transportation and the potential impacts on fleet operations. Very cool. Now, um, when, when we're talking about trends, I guess, I mean, I, I know that's a broad kind of topic. Uh, m- most of our listeners here, you know, have smaller fleets or are, you know, small business owners or fleet managers. Where do you see, I guess, for people like them, uh, I guess, where the trends are heading? I know, I know, you know, there's probably a lot of things to touch on, but I'd love to kind of hear your perspective. Sure. I, I think a big one that I'm seeing right now is, uh, yeah more options in terms of electrified vehicles, whether it's hybrid electric trucks or all electric uh, type vehicles that are going to be more affordable and uh, have a more compelling business case, which which seems odd today because the, you know, your fuel prices seem relatively stable. They're they're not going through the roof. So normally when you have relatively lower fuel prices, the alternative fuel type options, including electric vehicle options, there's usually not a strong demand for that. Um, but when it comes to electrification, we've actually seen the opposite. And uh, coming from the utility industry, uh, the utility industry about three years ago through the Edison Electric Institute, which is a uh, sort of the industry group for investor-owned utilities, they put forth this initiative of you know five percent of their fleet purchases going towards electrified vehicles, um, whether it's you know all electric uh, sedans to hybrid pickups to um, you know bucket trucks that will have, you know, electrified booms, those types of things. And so we've been seeing a push towards that, which in the utility industry makes sense because what's the product that they sell? Well, they sell electricity. So if they can be leaders in um, promoting 
electrified options, that also helps, you know, in terms of selling more of their product. But what we've also noticed on even a, you know, bigger scale beyond the utility industry is that OEMs have been pushing forward. And recently, um, the CEO at GM was talking about, you know, envisioning an all-electric future and 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 the other OEMs like Ford and so forth are putting forth electrified options um, within the next uh, two years by then the decade um, and then you've got proposed bans on gas and diesel engines by governments so uh, Sweden Norway China have been putting in these bands that are say 10 15 20 years out where they're where it, you know, presumably it would be in favor of electrified options and then of course you've got uh uh more options in the truck space so that's interesting last, i know i know yeah. in california there was i can't remember correctly but i think in 2035 or something like that they were going to put a stop on all gas motors and stuff like that. So is that kind of like the, I guess that's the trend, right? So, I mean, that's. Yeah, you're right on. I don't, I'm not sure if they had passed that bill yet, but that is something that they've been talking about doing as well. And California, you know, what happens in California will have a huge impact on what would happen in the rest of the United States. Yeah. So that's really interesting. So, um, so I guess, you know, with, with the people who are, I guess, looking now, I mean, is it smart to start planning for these things? Because I would imagine there's going to be a transition phase, and I would imagine that's going to take quite some time. Do you have data on kind of the cost benefit uh, of going electric versus, you know, uh, staying? Is there any kind of data or hard data? And, and if you don't have that now, we could always link it up in the show notes, but I think that would be really cool if there was some sort of analysis or research around that. And sure. then, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I don't have the hard data in front of me, but it, when, when you're talking about the, the trends of the business case. So first off, why now is it more compelling to go electric when the gas prices are low versus say 10 years ago? And the key cost factor on that is the fact that the battery costs have been lowered, and I can uh, I can give you a link to an article that I put together on some of those trends within electrification, what's driving that business case. So yeah, that, we'll put that, those in the notes for our listeners um, so that they can click that. That that sounds great, and 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 so the the biggest bottleneck to adoption of electric vehicles was just that that higher initial cost, largely driven by the battery. Um, but other aspects that are making the business case more compelling is, is, is maintenance. You've got fewer moving parts on an electric vehicle compared to a, the internal combustion engine. So when you, what we were seeing and talking with utilities that are running uh, more electric vehicles like uh, Pacific Gas and Electric out in California, they've been a leader in terms of electrification in their fleet. And that that's a key area that that they're seeing savings. And so when you combine that with the fuel cost savings versus the cost of charging, 
all of a sudden you're starting to see a payback period that would have been, you know, several years out that that payback period is, is becoming more and more compressed. What about the lifespan of the vehicle? I would imagine that would be better. I know, I know electric vehicles have been out for some time, but maybe there's not some long-term data, but I think the average gasoline, uh, you know, engine, well, I mean, what, 20, 25 years for a fleet, depending on the miles and stuff like that. But, um, I could see that also being uh, a big deal as well, right? Of the actual lifespan of the actual vehicle itself or the asset. Yeah, you would imagine just because you have the disparity of number of moving parts between the sure. two is um, it, it, it is significant, and just also the efficiency and operation of the vehicle. So you've sure. got you, you, you've got sort of this parasitic loss of energy when you're when you're shifting a a normal gas or diesel type of vehicle where you have direct just you know direct power so it runs more efficiently there's less slack in the performance um in in terms of longevity i don't have that hard data in front of me but i would imagine that would be the case the 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 key issue you'd have to look at is just the um you know, as these electrified systems mature, you know, is is that something that you look at in terms of how often you replace that vehicle and how often you would yeah. need the vehicle, especially as, as you get more and more efficient battery systems? And I think one of the other challenges, and I'm not sure how big of a challenge it is, but practicality of the range. I mean, when you're talking fully electric, I would imagine, you know, that maybe cause a logistical uh, issue for those that are driving quite a bit and then they have to trust their drivers, you know, just like they go fill up gas, but they have to, you know, get, get charged. And I'm not sure in certain areas or remote areas, if it's, uh, you know, when they're on the road quite a bit, if that's feasible, like a gas station, any comments around that or what, what your no, thoughts you, are? You bring up a great point. Uh, right now, you know, if you're looking at all of that, all electric type truck, you would, you know, you're not only looking at the business case in terms of acquisition, but you're looking at what's the practicality of the operation. Can I match this electric system to the job that it's going to be doing? And that's a that that's a major factor in deciding whether or not to even go that route. So, it, based on the, you know, if this is a urban pickup delivery type um, app, fleet application, then you look at and go, okay, will my range fit within the specified range of this vehicle? Will I have opportunities to charge it while it's on, you know, at different points in its route? Uh, those types of aspects that you've got to look at and s to see if it's practical. Do you know what the ranges of like the common? I know like Tesla. I know Musk was bragging about the new semi truck all electric. You know, I think it was like was it like six hundred miles or I can't remember the exact. Yeah, number. it it, it, it don't it ranges on the size of the battery pack, but five it, 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 roughly about five hundred miles. But you know, he's coming at it from not necessarily the trucking industry. So uh, as as we all know in fleet the efficiency of that vehicle is going to depend on the load, right? So, you know, how, how it's being used in the real world. So, you know, 
what what's the range when it's empty? What's the range when it's fully loaded? What type of terrain is that vehicle going to be operating on in terms of flat, um, mountainous or mountainous terrain and so forth? So yeah, when you look at something like the um, what Tesla's talking about, you've got about a 500 mile range. Um, you've got uh, uh, medium duty trucks that uh, will get anywhere from 80 to say 200 or so miles um, on a single charge. So you would want to look at, based on the vehicles that are available today, what you know what will fit my range requirements. And then you've got uh, uh, pickup trucks, um, like a company called XL Hybrids based out of Boston. They, they are upfitting, um, you know, Ford pickup trucks from the, you know, light duty 150s to the 250s and so forth, updating those uh, or upfitting those pickup trucks and vans to um, as hybrid electric. So then you can take take advantage of both, uh, you know, your gasoline and the and, and the electrified option, so that you can uh, you know extend your range. No, that's 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 really interesting stuff. So where do you see it personally? I mean, based on what you know, the trends you've researched and things like that. I mean, where, how long do you think before it all becomes electric, or you know, the case is just too strong and everything is. Uh, feasible logistically, like what? What are you predicting? Well, you know, it it it, it depends on what on what you're looking at. If you're looking at this uh, all scale, you know, full scale shift from you know gas diesel to electric vehicles, what I think you're going to see is this sort of gradual um, uh, momentum towards electrified vehicles. So if you recall back in the 2008 election, both candidates, McCain and Obama, were talking about this all of the above strategy when it came to energy. You know, we're looking at natural gas, we're looking at wind power, solar power, and so forth, and and, and and electricity. And now what we're seeing is that when it comes to the transportation um, sector, that we're seeing that the focus being on electrified vehicles and that's either through battery power or through hydrogen fuel cells. So when you're when you're looking at that and we're already seeing such a uh, you know with these governmental bans coming out and you know that are to be in effect in the next 10, 15, 20 so odd years that you'll probably be looking at a major shift within the next two decades. Yeah. Very interesting. Very cool stuff. Sean, I, you know, I think there was some great info here for, for our listeners to think about. I don't want to uh, go on too long here, but is there any other last thoughts or anything you'd like to share uh, based on your research uh, regarding these different trends? Uh, I, 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 we hadn't touched on this, but, it, but I think it's an important and, when we talk about technology and vehicles and, and we talk about autonomous systems that Silicon Valley has this idea of that, you know, if we build the technology that the public will accept it, 
And yeah. so if we have fully self-driving vehicles, if we have the technology available for it, then this is what's going to happen in the next two to three years. And I think what we've uh, noticed is you, you really can't underestimate the the power and ingenuity of humans to shape what that technology will look like and what it will be allowed to do. Right. And I, and I think that's I think the key. That's a great point. I think I think I've always been a little skeptical. I mean, I know the technology is there, but can it be adopted yet? I think that's a that's a great point because I think just the whole self driving mixing with the you know the 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 way the things are now. I think that would my personal opinion is it would create chaos. And I know that there could be some dedicated lanes or underground stuff that Musk is also talking about or, you know, Correct. I think that's a, that's, that's a long ways away. So even though the technology is even here or maybe a few years away from perfection to actually implement that and, and bring it out on a wide scale, I think we're a long ways away. And I think people underestimate that just because the technology is there doesn't mean that to your point that it's going to be adopted. And I think, uh, I think it's going to take quite some time because when you're mixing artificial intelligence with the human, I could see that being a little chaotic out on public roads. Yeah, when it when it comes to autonomous vehicles, it's not a technology problem for the most part. You got a lot of the technology in place. Yeah, a few tweaks here and there. Sure. What you have is a human problem, yes. and you know, and I don't think that's gonna. Yeah, that's not something that's gonna transition so quickly, especially with fleets of such large scale of of you know gasoline non self driving vehicles. It's gonna take quite some time to yes. transition all that out. I would believe. Yes, and I'm sure there's gonna probably be some incentives to do that, and what that looks like. It'll be interesting, but um, yep. yeah. That's that's cool stuff. Well, Sean, I think uh, I think we got a lot out of this. I appreciate you coming on. Um, you we'll link up uh, some things in the show notes that we talked about, and also if uh, people want to get in touch with you, is there anything you want to uh, give out in terms of uh, you know if people have more questions for you or anything I'd, you'd like me to link up in the show notes? Absolutely. Uh, email that's Sean S E A N at utilityfleetprofessional.com. Or uh, Twitter at Sean M. Lydon. That's uh, M as in Matthew. Wonderful. We'll put that both in the notes as well. And again, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, we appreciate it. And we look forward to maybe touching base uh, years from now to kind of see where things are at. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Serene. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll uh, see you next time. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. To learn more about how we can help simplify your fleet maintenance and management, visit us at our website at autosyst.com.